This cultivating the soul. Man, this is, this is, this is good stuff. Cultivating, God is, God is cultivating us. Amen? God is doing some stuff in me that, uh, I'm amazed. I'm amazed. And if He can do it in me, He can do it in you. Can I get an amen, babe? Yeah, okay, and the rest of you too. But, um, you know, our foundation scripture is in Matthew 16, 26 in the King James. It says, for what a man, for what man, uh, hello, for what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? You know, and, and pastors been teaching that even if you get the whole world on your side, you know, you get the whole. Have you ever been in a place where I mean, I've been in a place where I knew I was wrong. And have you ever went and grabbed other people and brought them in there? Because, you know, wrong and misery and all that stuff. Man, it needs company. You know what I'm saying? But what is it going to gain us if we, if we give up really what the truth is? And that's what, the, what God says. What are we going to gain? Or what, you know, or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? You know, we're exchanging our soul just to be right. I've done that. And that was just last week. Or maybe it was this week. But, you know, there's times I think that we all do it. It doesn't matter who's in agreement with you. If it's not lined up with the Word of God, you're wrong. And, and what God's been showing me, do, we also realize is that when, we, when we're doing wrong, especially when we know, and we're gathering people to be wrong with us, we're impacting their lives. And we're affecting them. And, and we're getting them to agree with us. And maybe... On down the road, you might, you know, that could be detrimental to their soul too. So, man, I want to get my, my, I want to get lined up with the Word of God. I want to get into agreement with what God says. Then we go into Genesis chapter 2, verses 7 and 8 and 15. And it said, and this is, I haven't really fully grasped this yet, but as Pastor's been talking about it, it's just, it's very interesting to me. And, uh, you know, this Hebrew, how there's a, a gender assigned to the, to the words, you know. And it says here in Genesis, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward of Eden, and there he put the man whom he formed. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And, you know, this is the, what he's been teaching us is like it goes totally against what I've ever believed about this part of the Bible. About dressing it and keeping it, you know, you know how he talked about how how uh, the garden that's that's a masculine noun, you know, so that's what he's talking about there. But but also, with, but when it says to dress it and keep it, but as you study that back, it goes back to soul, and soul is a is a feminine, you know, the it was feminine noun. I hope you guys got the tape from last week, because I might be butchering this, but in my mind, this is really good. But it just really showed us that, you know, the soul, what, what God meant. When he said it, he was not talking about the garden. When he said to dress it and keep it, he was talking about our soul. And that is, that is really, I mean, it's changed my walk. It's changed my talk. And it's changed the way that I've been thinking. These last few weeks I've just been thinking about this and meditating on this. And it's, and it's, it's amazing. The very first instruction that God gave man, I always thought that it was the to tend the garden, and it wasn't. It was he. He gave us a gift, and he told us he wanted us to tend to this, because our connection to him is through our soul. Amen. 
So when we, when we keep our soul, that means we're keeping that relationship with him. We're tending and keeping what he, it's a gift, the gift of, of speech. You know, that's the thing. That's what separated us from the animals. That's the only thing that separates us from the animals. That's kind of weird, huh? Don't you think? We could be a dog or something. But God let us speak so that we didn't have to be. Amen? Amen. says, so dress and keep your soul. Cultivate, cause it to grow, develop, and protect. And it says, God used, God used his spiritual authority to create an environment in which he placed man to work and grow. Towards reaching the expected end that God had for him. You know, really what this is about, and I had put this in my notes, I said, it's about letting God rule the way you live. Amen? Is that what you desire? Do you desire for God to rule the way that you live? I desire for God to rule the way that I'm living. And, and even though I desire, there's times where I do not let God rule the way I live. Amen? You ever get in that place? But it says, then, then, you know, the scripture, the foundation that, that this house is built on. And it's Jeremiah 29, 11. How many of you guys have heard that? How many of you guys can quote it? You didn't quote it. That was your moment. <clears throat> but it says in the NIV, in the version that we use is the NIV. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and future. In the prosperity, you know, do you remember what Pastor teaches? What is prosperity? What is it? Very good. The ability to respond in a godlike fashion regardless of the circumstances. That's prosperity. And I think that there's a lot of times where we get, we just go right to money. Does your mind go right to money when they say prosperity? Mine used to. But I realized that it's a whole, man, God wants me to be prosperous in every area of my life. Um, circumstances. It says, uh, I don't want to go there. So, okay, so let's look at it in the King James. Jeremiah 29, 11 in the King James. And I really, I like the version that we use, but there's some times where I need to read it this way. And because and it's more like God is speaking directly to me. He says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you. And I like it when God's thinking thoughts towards me. Because they're thoughts of peace. Not evil, and they to give me an expected end. Amen. Do you want the expected end? Do you want the expected end? It's going to take cultivating your soul to get the expected end that God has for you. The expected end, it doesn't just happen. The expected end, even in, in, uh, you know, we, we, uh, my company works for, for a huge mint farm. And, and in the farming, you know, they, they plant a root. They get roots. Now they grow their own. But somewhere, somebody came up with a mint root. I don't know where. But they did. And they plant those mint roots in a greenhouse. And they have this whole crew of ladies. They let ladies do it because maybe could, because they're babies, you know, because it's just little roots. And they plant hundreds of thousands of these little baby roots. They put the roots in these little tiny cups. And you go in this greenhouse, and they have four or five huge greenhouses, and they grow these little mint roots. And then as they grow, they grow into little plants. And and there there's there's ladies in there every day, and they're watering these plants. Man, they are cultivating these plants. They are watching over these plants. Um, Carl, one of the guys that, that, 
one of the managers there, I know that he, I know they're behind us. I know that he goes in there and he prays over those plants. They're, they're a Christian family that, that runs this farm, that owns this farm. But they cultivate them plants all the way until they, then, then from there, then they take them, they put them in, in uh, trailers and they haul them out to the field. And these ladies, they have a little machine that they ride on the back of and this tractor moves like one mile an hour. And there's these little cups and this thing turns and it drops. One little tiny plant. And they'll plant 100 acres of these plants. It takes them forever. It's like the tractor's not even moving. You look out there and think, are those guys, are they sleeping? Or what's the deal? And, but, but, and then they go along and they make sure that there's enough dirt around them. And they make sure that everything is just perfect. And then they, as these things be, begin to grow, they never at any time do they just say, all right, the plants are good, and they walk away from them. The whole time, because there's an expected end that they're looking for. They're, they're looking for a harvest. They're looking for a harvest, and there's an expected end. So they, they cultivate these plants from the time they're just a little tiny root. Then even during the growing process, there's, they're out there weeding them. They weed these, these specific fields because this is going to be their rootstock. This is going to be the seed that they plant throughout the whole farm as these plants grow. Even through that, they're out there hoeing. They hoe this whole 125-acre field by hand. There's crews of hoers out there hoeing these weeds out of them. Man, they're cultivating it. And, and it doesn't, the expected end, the harvest, doesn't come if they don't take all this time and all this care and, and cultivate it. And that's what we're talking about here. You know what? If you're going to get to the expected end that God has for your life, and every one of us in here, there's an expected end. There's an end that God is expecting you to get to. But if you're going to get to that end, you're going to have to cultivate your soul. Amen? I mean, it's going to take some work. You may have to stay up at night and read your Bible. You may have to get up in the morning and read your Bible. It's going to take some work. Cultivating the soul really just means go to work. Because we want to expect it in. We're looking for a harvest in our life. Amen? It says to reach the end that God expected you to reach requires thoughts of peace, not of evil. And this week, this week, I mean, there's, there's been some tremendous warfare going on in this house and in some, some families' lives. And all week long, Kelly and I, we've prayed and we stuck together. And you know what? We're going to think thoughts of peace. When we get together with this family, you know what? We're going to cover them in thoughts of peace. We're going to cover, if we want to get to the expected end that God has out of, in all this, we're going to have thoughts of peace and not evil. Because we're going to walk in the spirit and not in the natural. Because, you know what, there's a, there's a, when we talk about circumstances, you know, that's a circle that the pastor always tells, that's a circle that you stand in. You know, and there's sometimes where I might be standing in the circle, but I can see for a long ways all around me. And I can see all the circumstances and all the things that are going on in people's lives. And, I can choose to either walk in the natural or I can choose to choose to walk in the spiritual. And so we can stand around, we can describe what's going on in our life, what's going on in other people's lives and walk in the natural. Or we can stand up and we can walk in the spiritual. But the issue is here is that a lot of us have a challenge of walking out, get to stepping out of the natural and the spiritual realm because we haven't cultivated our soul. Because it, it's... We don't have what's in here. We don't know the promises of God. We haven't taken the time. We haven't went to work on our own soul to, to keep it, 
to guard it and to keep it. We've got to guard and keep our soul. We've got to guard and keep the things that we say, the things that we describe. We've got to guard and keep it. It's very, very easy to to describe the circumstances and the situations. It's very easy. But you know what? It takes some maturity and it takes a cultivated soul to stand up and say, you know what? I'm going to say what God says. I'm going to do what God says. I'm going to believe what God says. And that only. Amen? Uh, think, of the, think of it this way. <clears throat> Hang on, I don't want to go there yet either. So this week, on Friday, uh, I don't know if you guys read Bible Gateway or not, um, but I do, and, I, and there's a scripture that pops up every morning. And, and Friday morning, this scripture pops up, and it's like, thank you, God, I needed to hear this. And what it says, it's in Psalms 94, 18, and 19, and Amplified. And Sean even posted it on Facebook that morning. I read it, and then later on the day, I see this pop post this post pop up. And, um, and it was the same scripture, and this is what it says. It's, it says, when I, when I said my foot is slipping, your mercy and your loving kindness, O Lord, held me up. And then verse 19, and, and I think that we can all relate to this. Because this is, during this week, this is, you know, this is where I was at. This is, there was moments that this is where I was at. In the multitude of my anxious thoughts, in the natural realm. To me, I look at that and I think, in the multitude of my anxious thoughts within me. That's, man, that's in my natural realm that I'm in right now. Man, I want to describe the situation. I want to look at this thing in the natural and say, you know what? This is terrible. This is awful. But you know, but then your comforts. And, and here I looked up comforts. Comforts is, is a feminine noun. It can be used as a masculine way, but it's feminine. And then it comes down and says, your comforts cheer and delight my soul. Your comforts cheer and delight my soul. Guys, when you're having those anxious thoughts, this is when that cultivated soul will rise up within you. And will say, you know what, God? You're my comfort. You're my cheer. You're my delight. You delight my soul. And I'm able to walk through these, these hard times, through these things that go on and soak in you. It says, think of it this way. Thoughts of peace can only come from a well-cultivated soul. Guys, that's the only way peace is going to come. I, I look at families and think, man, if there was a family that was going through this that, that didn't know who God was, how do they live? How do they, what do they hang on to? What do you hang on to when you're having these mind storms and you're having this stuff in life come at you? What, man, what do you do? Thoughts of peace can only come from a well-cultivated soul. Thoughts of evil are a product of a weak and starving soul. You know, and I know about you, I don't really, you know, I will spend a lot of time on Facebook and I don't post a lot on Facebook. Every now and then I'll like something. So don't get offended if I never do anything for you on Facebook. It's just not something I do. But I'll tell you what I do do with it. And it might change the way some of you guys, I mean, not maybe it doesn't matter to you, but I look at it and I, I can see how you think. I can see... You know, Facebook is an amazing tool for seeing what people really believe, what they're meditating on, what's going on in their life, and how they're dealing with it. It's amazing. And it can be a, a tool that is really cool, but at the same time, it can be a tool that's like, I'm thinking, 
and they've been going to church for in our church for like 25 years and that's the stuff that they're posting it's like it's amazing because it's a it's a weak and starving soul guys coming to church is not coming to church is not cultivating your soul i mean you need to do that and we but what happens is we come in here see pastor i'm preaching off of pastor's notes this isn't just so you guys know this is not my great revelation but I'm preaching off of pastor's notes. I'm preaching off of this of a series that we're doing. And I've taken I've taken an outline and I've taken my notes that I take during service every week. And I'm telling you what, I I come when I'm done after three services, I got some good notes. And I can tell you after one service, there ain't no way you get all the stuff that he talks about. It's not possible. But you know what? I don't leave here and think, man, my soul's cultivated. Now I go to work. Now we go to work and we take the word that was brought to us. He's our pastor. God is speaking things to our pastor that he's not going to speak to you except through him. He's getting revelation that you are not going to get. And so I find it interesting. People come and they say that they've gotten revelation and it's contrary to what the pastor says. Well, if the pastor's wrong, so what? God's going to get the pastor where he needs to be. But he's bringing you a word. So, so, so how I cultivate my soul is I take what my pastor's teaching. I listen to some other stuff. I do. But what I'm, what I'm, when I'm cultivating my soul and when I'm really studying stuff, I'm looking at what pastor is bringing to this house because I'm in this house. And so he's bringing a word for this house, for this time, for this season. And, and it's amazing because this stuff that he was teaching, I needed to be studying this stuff this week because it helped me to get through this week. And I was able to stand strong because my soul, I'd been cultivating my soul with the Word of God that God's been bringing to me through the man of God of this house. Amen? So I don't have to get up here. I mean, it's really cool. I still have to really study to do this, but it's cool that I don't have to come up with my own stuff. I just get to use the stuff that God's given my pastor. And you, the thing of it is is, this kind of stuff is coming through this house for you. And the stuff that our pastor is teaching you, it will bring victory in your life. If you would take one message and just tear that thing apart and begin to live your life, you pick one. I don't even care which one it is. You pick one of those messages. As Lou told me tonight, I'm bringing the massage tonight. Pastor brings the message. I'm just bringing you the massage. That, that if you will take one of those messages and begin to live your life by just one of them, I guarantee your life will change. The Word of God will change your life. It absolutely will change your life. And if it's so on Facebook, when I'm looking at these things, I'm thinking, no, they ain't reading the Word. They're not pursuing God. They're going to church. And that ain't enough, guys. It's not enough. Matthew 12, 33 and 37 in New King James. We're in the garden, so we're talking about dirt and trees and stuff. It says here, it says, and, and the heading on this is, a tree is known by its fruit. It says, either, excuse me, it says, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make a tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. I really like the way it says, it says, either make the tree good or make the tree bad. You get to make it that way. 
you get to decide what kind of fruit's falling off your tree. And it's not hard to tell whether your fruit is old and fermenting and rotten or if it's some nice, like, fresh, plump, life-giving. You know, meet Craig Delarm sometime, even during the day. If you don't know Craig, you need to get known. The dude is full of fresh fruit. Everywhere he goes. He'll stop by my shop and, I mean, he'll come in the door, we'll be working, the guys will be like, because the guy, he comes in and he's going to deliver some fresh fruit everywhere he goes. That's a man who's cultivating his soul. You don't do that by accident. I have to make myself in the morning. We come to the shop and we get ready for devotions. I have to like make myself be happy. Not always, Chris. Not always. But, um, but it says, it says, broader vipers, how can you bring evil... How can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, his cultivated soul, brings forth good things. And the evil man, out of the evil treasures, brings forth evil things. But I say, I ain't never going to get done with this. I say uh, to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account on the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. You know, when you open your mouth, or when you post something on Facebook, it's a picture. It's like a sight glass right into your heart. It's like a sight glass right into You can tell what people believe by what's coming out of their mouth and by what they're posting on Facebook. You can tell. It's, it's obvious. Okay, so let's, uh, let's look at um, some characteristics of, of a cultivated soul. And what it's going to take. You know, and this is the thing. Is you can let the natural impact you. Or you can walk in the spiritual and impact the natural. You can just walk around and let the, the natural crush you. But you know what? If you'll walk in the spirit in the natural, you're going to bring life to the natural. That's what I want to do. I want to bring life to the natural. Amen? That's just a little side note. I'm not going to charge you for that. Okay, so discipline, really what I'm supposed to be talking about tonight is discipline, and I've got like three minutes or something. And so, but I mean, it's not hard to tie this in because really what we're talking about, you know what, my soul is not going to be cultivated if I don't if I don't exercise some discipline in my life. You know, there was a Seahawks game on last night. I'm not really a Seahawks fan, but I'm interested to see how they're going to do. But I really needed to study for, study for this message, so I just watched part of it, and then I went and studied. That took some discipline. That's, and, and really, it's very practical. That is discipline. I'm telling you, there's some, some of you guys need to shut the TV off. Because it's cultivating your soul. It's cultivating your soul in a way that we're not looking for. You know what I'm saying? Amen. 2 Timothy 1.7 in the King James says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Power, love, and a sound mind, these are characteristics of of the spirit that God gave man. God gave you your soul. He gave, he breathed life into your spirit. And he gave you power, love, and a sound mind. But you know that does not it doesn't just come out. You know you you can't just walk in power. You can't just walk in love. And let me tell you what, my mind is not always sound. And I know yours isn't too. Like I said, I, I looked at you on Facebook. It says power. What is power? Pastor teaches it all the time. What's power? 
That was just really just so I could take a drink. The ability to produce results. In the Greek, it's, it comes. The root word is is dunamis. It's, it's from a word where we get the root the, uh, the word dynamite. And so, how I remember dunamis, I think dynamite, and it's like doing a mess. When you got dynamite, you're doing a mess. Get it? Dunamis. So you know, it's just like word thing. So you know, power in this is is dunamis. You know, and the dynamite. It's in, in strength and ability, inherent power, power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature or which a person or thing exerts and puts forth. Power for performing miracles. Moral power and excellence of soul. Moral power and excellence of soul. We're going to have to have some excellence of soul if we want to walk in power. You know, if we want to walk in dunamis, we want to, you know what? There's some times where you need to walk into a room and there's some stuff going on and you need to blow the thing up and bring some life to it. You need to bring some life to it. That's what you're called to do. You're called to bring some life to it. Love. Agape. You know, there's two different Greek word translations for the word love. There's, I think it's phileo. Phileo. I don't know. Phileo. There it is. I knew you guys would get that. That was just a test. And agape. And the third is is eros, and, and that's where we get erotic, and that's like, you know, the refers to a sexual attraction, and we're not going there tonight. I'll leave that to Pastor. <clears throat> so, <laughs> what's wrong, babe? You don't want to talk about that? Maybe we will. Come on up here, honey. <laughs> Woo! Y'all might have to get saved after this. We got like four minutes. Okay, but, but I just got a couple things here. But this is really cool that the phileo and the agape, it, man, it's, a, it's awesome. You need to hear this. Phileo requires two people. Am I saying that right? Phileo? Phileo. Oh, phileo fish. Okay, I got it now. Phileo. Phileo requires two people to appreciate each other. Agape doesn't. Phileo is mutual and both people must have some degree of respect for each other. Agape may be entirely one-sided. Phileo, man, I got it now. Phileo is conditional and if, a cert, and if certain requirements are not met, then phileo can end. Agape comes with no strings attached because it's based upon the internal commitment of one person to another regardless. Man, I want agape love. I want to have agape love for people. Because it's easy to walk in filet fish You know, I mean, it really is. I mean, I may joke out, but you know what? It's so easy to walk in filet You know what? If you're not doing things that are going to benefit me, I'm done with you. But you know what? What if God would have done that to us? Man, I would not be here today. And neither would you. But some of us would have got squashed out a little sooner than others. If you know what I mean. Okay, phileo relationships may last for a certain length of time. Then due to circumstances. Uh, yeah. Agape exists, period. Period. So let's move into a sound mind. i got a few more, but we'll move into sound mind. Sound man, mind uh, translated is sophronisomos or something. You guys have to look that up yourself. Go on blueletterbible.com and you can read this stuff. That's where I got all of it. It says, but what it translates into is discipline and self-control. That's what a sound mind is. 
Now, sound mind is discipline and self-control. Check this out. In 2 Timothy 1.7 in Amplified, it says, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craving, or cringing and fawning fear. But he has given us a spirit of power, of love, and a calm and well-balanced mind. And discipline and self-control. Man, you know, when there's a storm going on, you need to have a calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. Man, this is what we're going to have to have for a cultivated soul. Check this out. Discipline is required and greeting if you desire to produce power or love. Without discipline, control of discipline, control of self, without control of self, you lose the power to operate in love. Without self-control, you're going to lose the power to to walk in love. That's what I meant. Okay, so what does it take? Uh, what's really needed if you want to develop these things? Prayer life. What's needed? If you're going to develop a prayer life, come on, you can answer. What's needed? Discipline. That's what we're talking about tonight, guys. Come on. Discipline. If you're, if you're, if word life. What does it need if we're going to develop our word life? Discipline. What if we're going to worship? Very, man, you're picking this right up, Stephen. Yes. Financial peace. Relational health. If you want power in prayer. If you want power in the Word. If you want power in worship. If you want power in finances. If you want power in relationships. Get it? What if you really want to love God? What if you really want to love your family? Guys, discipline is the, that's what's going to cultivate our soul. And you're you're smart, Stephen. That's amazing. Okay, so let me just let me end with this. I'm just going to end here. And just, I just want to read you one more scripture. It's in Proverbs. Well, there's a list of them, but Proverbs 24, 30 through 34 in the New King James says, "I went by the field of a lazy man, and by the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding, and there it was, all overgrown with thorns. Its surface was covered with nettles." Its stone wall was broken down. When I saw it, I considered it. I considered it well. I looked on it and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. So shall poverty come like a prowler and you need and your need like an armed man. And if you look, this is the field and the vineyard equivalent to that the Lord took man and put him in the garden. There it was all overgrown with thorns. That's the result of the curse. Its surface was covered with nettles. That's death taking precedence over life. And the stone wall broken down the security, is the security system to keep out the enemy forces. Now listen to this. A little sleep. That's the mind and the body turned off. You know, if we're just a little sleep, a little slumber, we're turning our mind and our body off. Uh... A little slumber. That's a position of inactivity. And this is where we get, man, we get, we fall asleep. We get into a position of inactivity. So there's a little folding of the hands. And that's not being used for an applied or, or applied to any purpose. Guys, we've got to have some purpose in our life. And the purpose is to, to, to walk in love and power and a sound mind. And it's going to take discipline for us to do that. And it says here, it says, due to the lack of discipline, the field or the vineyard, the garden are not producing the expected end. 
Do you want the expected end that God has for your life? If you really do, you've got to cultivate your soul. You've got to use discipline. You've got to turn off the TV. You've got to take the time that it takes in the Word of God. And if you don't, man, life is going to squash you out. And you're going to watch everybody else walk in victory. Pastor talks about it. What are you standing under? What authority are you standing under? you standing under the natural authority? Because you can only do that for so long. You're going to step over and walk in the, in the supernatural. You're going to walk in the spirit and have an impact on the natural life around you. Amen? Amen? Why don't you just close your eyes tonight?